Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or go to the story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's service. Well, we're in part three of our new series, Unleash. Uh, really, really pumped about this series and what God is doing in it. And, and today we're going to be talking about unleashing healing in, into our lives. Now, about 12 years ago, uh, Rebecca, my wife, won this or earned this trip to go to Hawaii with the company that she worked for. And we went, we got to stay in the Waikiki Hilton, right there on Waikiki Beach. And with this particular trip, we also got to choose excursions that were paid for by the company. And one of those excursions was learning how to surf on Waikiki Beach. And I thought, this is the coolest, like this is the bucket list type thing to do. So Rebecca and I signed up for it, and we went with this smaller group of people uh, that were with the company, and we went and we, we, we signed up and sat in this, this little conference area, and this surfer guy came out and said, okay, I want you guys to, to watch this video, it's kind of a safety video, and then we're going to have you sign your life away. If you die, you can't sue us. And so uh, we watched the video, and one of the things that was caught me well, kind of off guard in the video was it said if you fall or when you fall, you're kind of supposed to just spread your body out on the water, kind of like belly flop or kind of like try to land flat on the water. You're not supposed to allow yourself to jump straight into the water uh, because there's coral. And the reason that there's waves on Waikiki Beach is because of a reef. And if you jump in feet first or head first, like dive in, you can hit this coral, you can hit this reef and it, it'll hurt you. And so we're like, okay, so I just kind of had to put that in your mind mentally. And so uh, we go out and man, I'm just having a blast. And, and, you know, we got this instructor and he kind of, you know, push us into a wave. He instructs us on, a, on how, you know, when to stand up and how to stand up and all that kind of stuff. And within a, you know, a, a pretty normal, I think, amount of time, I was, I was finally able to stand up. And, you know, I'd watched Hawaii Five-O before. <laughs> And I, and I remember you know, popping up, and then I just surfed it, and it was just the coolest feeling, and I thought I was so cool. Man, I thought I was, I was Kiki, the Polynesian surf warrior. You know, that's what I felt like. But they take pictures and videos <laughs> of you. And I thought I was da na 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 And when I looked at the video, it was more like na 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 I look more like a clown than Kiki. But right in the middle of all of this, I eat it one time, and I eat it bad, and I forgot the instruction, and I go in feet first. And my leg hits this reef, hits this coral, and it cuts me. I mean, it really cuts me. 
And so, uh, being a typical guy, you know, I, I want to look at it, but I don't want anybody to see it because I don't want anybody to tell me, no, you're surfing, time's over, you got to go to the beach. So I kept surfing and kept surfing and, until finally our, our hour, two hour, whatever lesson was, was up. And then I, I went to shore and I was walking up on the beach and Rebecca looked at my leg and she's like, Tim, your leg is awful. Like, look at it, and, you know, I'm bleeding. And they say with coral, when you get cut by coral, it, it takes a longer time to heal because it's a living organism. And so when it cuts you, it, it takes a while to heal. But, 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 but I look at my leg, and I'm bleeding, and she's saying, you know, kind of worried about me, and, you know, and I'm, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it kind of hurts, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm milking it a little bit, trying to get with my wife. And then I, I, I see this other surfer, and he comes up to me, and he's like, dude. Wicked scar. And all of a sudden, I stand up kind of straight and I got my surfboard and I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> I was on a wave and hit this gnarly rip turn and it kicked me into the reef, man. It was, it was bogus. And I walked back uh, to the, the shop and turned in my surfboard, and, you know, they, they tried to clean it up a little bit and clean me up a little bit. But this wound, this scar, took forever to heal. But I went from hurt from it to proud of it. Proud of my scar, man. Makes, makes me a real surfer. That we're going to be reading in scripture this morning out of John chapter 20, verse 19. And this particular scripture is after Jesus has died and has been resurrected. And he comes back to earth to talk to his friends. He comes back to earth to encourage them of where he is. And also encourage them that they would go out and continue the work of the Lord. To continue the kingdom work. And so the verse says in 19, that evening on the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting behind the locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Understand, the same Jewish leaders that killed Jesus were there and they were trying to find the disciples. So they were, they were afraid that their, their same fate could, could happen to them. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Now, could you imagine that? You lose this person that has been so significant in your life, that has started this unbelievable move of God in, in, in Jerusalem, in, in the area, has, has done all of these miracles. You've basically committed your whole life to him, or the last three years to him. You think he's gone, and he shows up, and he says, peace be with you. As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see, and he showed them his side. They were filled with joy when they saw their Lord he spoke to them again and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Then in John chapter 20, verse 24, he comes back again. And it says, One of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hands into the wound in his side. Thomas was saying, I'll believe it, but I want to see the scars. Verse 26 says, eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them, and he said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here and see my hands. Put your hand into the wound on my side. Don't be faithless anymore. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. He knew. 
He knew. He knew it was Jesus. That's how he knew. That's the moment where he believed that Jesus really had risen from the dead, that Jesus really was in heaven, that, re- that Jesus really was the Messiah. He was, he was who he said he was. And it was because of Jesus' scars. And Jesus is still scarred. In this moment, he authenticated himself with his scars because you can't fake scars. They're yours. They're there. They're, they're, you can't counterfeit them. The scars on his hands, the side, his, his back, his head, and he wasn't ashamed of them. You see, Jesus, our Savior, is a very scarred man. Now, there are physical scars, like the scars I talked about from surfing or, or maybe surgeries that you might have, but sometimes even more painful scars in our life are the emotional scars that we bear. Now, a scar is a place in our lives where pain has left a permanent mark. Memories, emotions. And if we don't deal with these scars in the right way, they will compromise us and cause us to imp- uh, improperly uh, understand the Lord. If we, if we don't handle the scars in the right way, we, we will never understand God. You see, what limits believers or leaders more than anything else is our emotions. What limits us more than anything is our emotional capacity. Now listen to this. It'll be on the side screen. We will always grow to the level of our unhealed scars, and then we stop. And then we stop. You may learn more and experience more and do more, but you won't grow more. You will stop growing at that place, at the place of the scar. Now, why do some keep growing and and others hit a wall? Well, it's 100% emotional. Pain is the greatest enemy to growth, and it's the greatest opportunity for growth. Did you catch that? Pain is the greatest enemy to growth, but it also can be the greatest opportunity for growth. When we grow through our pain, we grow greater than we've ever grown. We mature, we deepen in our life and in our understanding of our God. You see, pain is, is a constant thing. It's something that we'll always have to go through, and it has different stages. And what we talk about a lot when we're talking in spiritual warfare is that our life is like an onion. And as we go through life and we experience different pains, we go through different times of, of allowing ourselves to forgive, we, we may receive a, a, a new a spiritual gift or understanding of the word. It's like these layers of an onion that get peeled away. And the further we grow and then the further we allow God to work in our life, the more pure we become, the more, the more of these layers are peeled away in us. Now, the truth is, if we will really allow ourselves to be honest, we all have scars. And for many of us, those scars started really early in life. I remember in elementary school, um, I was kind of probably more of a sensitive kid than maybe some other kids, but, but I allowed people to hurt my feelings really easily. 
and I remember I would make a friend and something would happen and, and, and then we, they, they would reject me or, or, or and I, I mean, I remember a couple of times where I had this group of friends and, and I would run out to go play football with them at recess and, and I would get up to them and then they would all take off running from me. And it just stung. Like it hurt. It, even at a young age, it started to affect my, my ability to be able to trust people. I remember being in a line at a drinking fountain when I was like third grade, second grade, and I was getting ready to get a drink, and all of a sudden I just felt somebody hit me from behind. And it was my best friend. And he just cheap, cheap shot him. He just hit me in the face because he was mad at me for some reason. And I still remember that, and it caused me, even at a young age, to go, oh, wait a second, I, can I trust people? Can I, can I trust my friends? Am I, am I going to get hit? Am I going to get rejected? When I was in adolescence, I started dating way too young, and I was rejected by girls through those dating relationships, and those wounds cut deep. That's why adolescent dating is, is it's dangerous, really dangerous for adolescents, because breakups and rejection hurt as an adult. But as kids, when we are not emotionally mature, it hurts even worse. I, I, I had to go through through counseling and, and some, some deliverance just for the fir my first real girlfriend that I had because of what she did to me and how she rejected me and how she hurt me. But the truth is, I've caused scars in other people's lives. You know, I can say I was a victim in my dating relationships, but how many people were a victim to me in dating relationships? The rejection is real. And then the hurt that you get from authority figures, Right? Hey, teachers were always very influential in most of our lives. Coaches for me even more. And so I would find myself trying to earn the love and the respect of, of different coaches in my life. And when they would reject me or hurt me or pit me against other players on the team or, or whatever, and how I perceived it, of course, probably wasn't reality, but those were scars. I had one football coach in high school. He wounded me so deeply it took years for me to get over the scars that i felt from him these rejections caused me to not want to trust to struggle with patience to get angry easily it made me want to control things because here's the thing when we're hurt and we have scars that haven't been dealt with we want to control situations to where we don't get hurt again in the future it's just human nature it made me easily offendable. So the more hurt I carried, the more easily I, offendable I was in the future. And then because I was more easily offendable, then I picked up more hurts, hurts that I really shouldn't even have picked up on. It over-enforced the fact that I'm a right fighter, so I, I, I want justice for everybody because I never dealt with my own hurt. So, I, so if I saw somebody else that was hurt or somebody, some other injustice that was happening, I would want to jump in there and try to fight their fight for them. And those are just some of the, the, the manifestations that happened in my life due to these undealt with scars. I've been through several deliverances. I've gone through all kinds of counseling. I've had to receive a lot of healing from people and therapy through the years just from my own stuff. And my story is super mild in comparison to many. I still have scars. I still have them. But because I dealt with them, to me now they're 
beautiful scars. They're battle scars that I don't want to get rid of. I'm proud of them because they are a symbol of what God has walked me through. Here's the thing. We will hit a wall. We have scars, and if we don't deal with them, they're going to become a big deal. There's something in us that just makes us go, I'll be all right. I can handle this. I can fix this. I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need to be vulnerable. I don't need to tell anyone what's really going on inside of me. I can handle it. I can deal with it until we can't. Now, there's all kinds of sources for scars. Here's a non-exhaustive list. The first is rejection. Rejection is an ugly thing. Love is our greatest need, and rejection is our greatest hurt. When we're rejected, we, we wear that. It cuts us. And there's not anyone that has not faced some type of rejection. And when we're in a deliverance session, 100% of the time, we have to deal with some type of rejection that that person has not gotten free from. So rejection's huge. Failure, failure, marital failure, moral failure, ministry failure, financial failure, business, school, sports, failures cut deep and can cause scars. Of course, abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, all can cause scars. Betrayal, Betrayal, infidelity, embezzlement, somebody, somebody that steals from you. You know, it's one thing when somebody steals from you, you feel really violated. But when somebody steals from you that you know, that you trust, that you love, how much deeper does that cut? False accusations, some type of betrayal. And then tragedy. Tragedy, which most of the time has nothing to do with us, it's just a fact of life, loss of a loved one, personal injury, bankruptcy, being fired, tragedy. All of them are sources of scars, but you see there's also a spirit of our scars. There's a spirit behind it too. All scars have a spiritual implement to them. Now listen to this. The problem with pain isn't the pain. The problem with pain is that the devil speaks into it. Did you hear that? Pain you'll get over, pain you can heal from, if the devil would leave you alone and didn't speak into it. The devil will speak a message to us when we're going through pain to keep us there. He wants to hurt you and continue to hurt you. And he says things to you. He speaks into that pain. There's something wrong with you. You'll never succeed. You will never measure up. You will always be a disappointment. No one will ever love you. God doesn't love you. God is mad at you. You aren't special. You're, you're, you're on your own. You're different. Don't trust anyone again. You're not worth it. And you hear that voice enough, and you begin to believe it. In fact, it develops a stronghold within you. I don't know if you've ever watched, uh, there's a couple of different series on TV that deal with different manifestations of, of pain in people's life. And one of them is called, it's a show called Hoarding. 
and it is, it's basically just a documentary type show where people go in and they try to counsel someone that is struggling with hoarding things, keeping things, and, and, and collecting things in their home to a point where it makes it impossible for them to live. So the person gets counseling and then they have a cleanup crew that comes help them, comes and helps them clean up their house. And it's a really a touching show. But people always ask, why do people hoard? Why do people collect to a point that would destroy their life, essentially. And it's because they've experienced a hurt, they have a scar, and the devil has spoken to that scar. You need to control the things in your life to the point where you'll never be hurt again. So they don't want to throw anything away. They don't want to get rid of anything. They want to control their surroundings and to the point where it ends up destroying their life. The hurt keeps hurting You see, the issue isn't the event. It's the message that lives in the scar. It's not what happened to you. It's the message that continues to speak to you through that wound. Now, anytime someone comes close to the scar that you've not dealt with or something happens around the scar, the person hits a wall. Or you're triggered. That is a very common word today. When somebody gets close to that wound, that, that un, un, undealt with wound, it causes you to be triggered. Maybe it makes you angry. Maybe it makes you jealous. Maybe it makes you want to control. Maybe it makes you fearful or scared. Maybe it just paralyzes you. It makes you get to a point where you just can't move. You can't act because of this wound and the message in it. Your marriage can't grow beyond your scars. Your, your business can't grow beyond your scars. Your relationships can't grow beyond your scars. Now understand this. When God redeems pain, it's powerful. It's so powerful. When you allow God to work in that scar, the miracle that can happen in you is unbelievable. Now, Sean spoke a little bit earlier about a retreat that we just had last weekend. And I just want to say this. I am so proud, so proud of the 75 guys that got to go on this retreat. I am so proud of the leaders, with, of, of Will and, and Dan and Sean and Joe. Jeff, those guys that were up there that were pouring into other people and, and, and ministering to them. But I'm so proud of you guys that went because you did work. You went up there and you said, I'm going to be open, I'm going to be transparent, I'm going to get healing, I'm going to listen to God. Whatever I need to do to further in my relationship with the Lord, I'm going to do it. And you did it. And the things that happened in just a, like a 72-hour period were miraculous in your lives. And you would attest to it. You would stand up and give a testimony right now of what God did in you. But you had to say, I need help. I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm carrying these wounds. I want healing, and I will do anything to get it. And you did. Praise God for that. What's happening on our Karenites, 
with divorce care and grief share and, and the addiction recovery and, and those kind of things. That is you standing up and saying, I am tired of the voice in my scar causing me pain. I'm done with that. It's not going to hold me back anymore. I'm going to get better. I'm going to grow. My relationship with the Lord is not going to be held back anymore by what the devil has tried to do to me in my past. God wants to do a miracle in you. And as you sat here this morning, please don't go into the mindset of, I'm good. I'm good. I, I don't really have any scars. I, I mean, I was raised in a Christian home. I don't, you know, I don't... I had really good parents, and I had really good upbringing. I had good teachers, I had good coaches. You know, I think, I think I'm good. Ask the Lord to reveal to you the scar that the devil's been speaking into. Because the truth is, you may have had that scar so long, and you've become so accustomed to walking with it that it's become a part of you. And you don't even realize anymore the negative things that it's doing in your life. But God sees it. And you know what? The people around you that you love see it too. So what do we do? Well, there's some steps that we can take to emotional healing. The first of which is make Jesus the Lord of your pain. Make Jesus the Lord of your pain. Where we are scarred, we are the most unteachable, offendable, and emotional. We are. And that's why so many times counseling doesn't work. Because a counselor will try to tell you the truth and try to go somewhere you don't want to go. And what is your, your response is usually, you know what, I don't like that guy. I don't want to listen to her. You know what they said to me? You know, they hurt my feelings. They don't know, they don't know what they're talking about. Because the devil has allowed that wound in you to grow to such a point that you can't hear the truth about it anymore. You stop being teachable. You stopped allowing yourself to, to be open and to listen. When Jesus touches pain, it doesn't get worse. It goes away. But he can't touch it until he's Lord of it. You got to give it to him. I mean, really give it to him. Secondly, make God's word the supreme truth over your scars. 2 Corinthians 10.25 says, We are human, but we don't wage war with human plans and methods. We, are, we use God's mighty weapons, not mere worldly weapons, to knock down the devil's strongholds, those lies that he speaks into your scar. They're spiritual weapons that will take those down. With these weapons, we break down every proud argument that keeps people from knowing God. With these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas and we teach them to obey Christ. We take those thoughts and we, we expose them to the truth. You see, a stronghold is a wrong thought that is entrenched in a scar and the devil hides behind it. He hides in it. But when you remove the stronghold doesn't have anything to whisper into anymore so we have to expose the lie to the truth and the word of god is the source of truth and we talk about how important it is that we're reading scripture that we're making that truth a part of our life on a daily basis 
the whole month of January, we talked about the importance of making sure that we're having our coffee with God, that we're spending time in prayer, we're spending time in, in, in worship, we're spending time reading his word. How are we doing there? What are we, six weeks into the new year? Have you lost that habit already? Pick it back up. We need the truth in our life. We need it to expose the lies. There's so many lies in this world that are being pounded into our head all the time. If we don't stay connected to the truth, we won't have the truth manifest in our life. Stop listening to the voice and the scars. It's okay to rebuke the devil. He loves to speak thoughts into our mind. It's okay to say, in Jesus' name, shut up. I'm not going to listen to that anymore. I'm not going to allow you, devil, to speak to me that I'm a victim because God's word says that I'm a victor. I'm not going to allow you, devil, to tell me that I don't belong when the word says I'm a child of God. I'm not going to allow the devil to tell me, you don't have a family. Nobody loves you. When scripture says, I'm heir to the throne of Christ. Amen. We have to stop listening to the lies. We have to stop listening to the lies. But the only way we can do that is if we start believing the truth. And then number three, forgive anyone who has hurt or scarred you including yourself. We teach this all the time. And this is sometimes the hardest step because we have been wronged. People have hurt us. People have abused us. People have done awful things to us. And there's something within us that says, they don't deserve my forgiveness. I get to hold this against them because they were wrong and they hurt me. The only way they keep hurting you, though, is when you say, I'm not going to forgive. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the chains that weigh you down. Forgiveness is the ointment to the scar that heals it. Forgiveness silences the voice, silences the lies that come into our head about that hurt. forgiveness it's not for them it's for us and you will never walk free and you will always stop short and the scars will constantly keep you from growing if you refuse to forgive so I wonder if you would stand with me this morning And I wonder if you'd just be honest. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd help us be that this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would reveal to us the scars that we haven't dealt with. What is it? God, just show us. It was that boyfriend that told me that he would love me more if I lost weight. 
It was that sexual partner that stole my virginity. It made me feel dirty. It was that dad that never told me he was proud of me. It was the family that never made me feel loved. Lord, give us the ability to forgive. So God, you reveal it into in, you reveal it in us. Now I pray that you would just help us to make you Lord over it. So whatever that hurt is, whatever that pain is, whatever that scar is, I want you to tell God to take it. It's his. Tell him that right now. It's yours. You be Lord over it. I relinquish control. I can't fix it. I can't get better. Without you, God, you got to take this. I pray, God, right now that you would just remove any veils of deception that we might have where we can't see the truth. We can't see the truth in our situation. We can't see reality. We, we have these weird, twisted perceptions. But I pray, Lord, that you would lose truth in us and that you would help us to see clearly. We'd be able to see clearly the pain in our life and what we need to deal with. Loose transparency in us. Loose vulnerability in us. In Jesus' name, break us. Whatever you need to do, to break us and be moldable for you, do it in Jesus' name. I pray in a miraculous way, Holy Spirit, that you would do that in every person's life in this room. Begin a journey in them. Continue in a journey with them. Finish a journey in them. And Lord, we're going to take a step right now in that journey and we're going to forgive. Who is that you need to forgive this morning? Who is it that stole something from you? Who is it that betrayed you? Who is it that rejected you? Who is it? You've got to forgive them. Just say right now, in Jesus' name, I choose to forgive my dad. I choose to forgive my grandfather. I choose to forgive that teacher, that coach. I choose to forgive. Now, what are you beating yourself up for? What decision that you've made or, or, or choice that you've made in your life that you cannot forgive you for? You deserve forgiveness too. Forgive yourself. I choose to forgive myself for the divorce that I blame myself for. I choose to forgive myself for that abortion that I had. I choose to forgive myself for drinking too much. I choose to forgive myself for choosing my career over my families. I, I choose to forgive myself. And Lord, help us all to live a life of forgiveness. Break down and destroy resentment that we may be carrying. Get rid of that, Lord. Change us. Heal us. 
And now we speak to the voice of the enemy and we say in Jesus' name, you're no longer allowed to speak into my scars. And I pray, God, that you would help me come to a point where I am proud of my scars. And that I would use those scars to help others that have similar scars. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now I want you to look at me. I want want you to hear me on this. That's great. What we just did, that's awesome. And that's a step. But you probably need to go the next step. You, You need to seek counseling. You need to go through deliverance. You need to talk to some of the guys that just got back from this retreat. Some of us need intense therapy for the scars that we're carrying. This is a great beginning to that. But use a divorce care. Use a care night. Use a retreat. Use a spiritual warfare ministry. Whatever it takes. Use, we have this incredible ministry. It's called the Bridge for Ladies. Guys, the help is there. But you have to open yourself up. You have to allow yourself to be transparent and vulnerable. You have to ask for help. And it's okay to ask for help. God came. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to an abundance. That abundant life, it's yours. Don't let the enemy steal it. Don't let the enemy speak lies into it. You deserve that too. God bless you. We love you. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I'll ask you now to be my savior, to be my guide, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.